Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Quantum News Freedom International live stream. And we're so happy to have a good friend back with us today. And it would, he is Kevin Jenkins, who most of you know already and have been following. Um, and with me are my friends and podcasters from around the world as well. And we have, uh, let's see, I'm putting this as John Katsavos and is on my whichever side you see <laughs> and uh, i have hartmut from germany and i have steve from asia and of course i am grace and i am in princeton new jersey originally from the philippines so i do this also for my people <laughs> okay so and with us is kevin jenkins so just a few lines about him and he is the ceo of urban global health alliance company and that's a company that a corporation an organization that they have been making a difference even before this past two years okay so they were already dedicated to educate to empower to advocate everything about global uh, urban development but what Kevin did is to listen, to listen more last year of what's going on. And then he exponentially grow his uh, reach and his, his movement that um, just um, responded to what was going on on this critical times. Because many times some of us and some organizations are just stuck in their old thinking and old plans without really listening and responding to hey maybe what's happening is really affecting you and the rest of the people and maybe you should change a little bit your course or up your game so kevin jenkins up his game so he'll tell us more about that and i'm just glad that he is available today because you know when you up your game you get busy 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 if we have four hours sleep, I think that's a, a precious time of four hours straight. So Kevin, thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Grace, for the introduction. And thank you for inviting me back to the show. I love all of you guys. I remember when I, I think I was in California the first time I came on your show, if I'm not mistaken. And I was riled up, you know, about what was going on in the world at that time. And I'm riled up still at this time about what was going on, you know, what's going on in the world. And I got to tell you at Urban Global Health Alliance, it is translated into something way beyond what I even thought we can build. And, you know, our focus has always been changing the culture of health in, in the world, changing the culture of what health looks like in the world. And we do it in three areas, advocacy, public policy, and education. But then we've spun off into other things. I think you know that I'm a partner in Freedom Travel Alliance with Dr. Cahill and a number of dynamic individuals that are building a airline company that is focused on divesting from you know, that network of transportation that now wants to control how we move and what we do. And Freedom Travel Alliance is something so brilliant, brilliant for its time that you're not gonna have to be injected, not tested to fly. You'll be flying as a free, free individual. And we've been building this company for the last eight months. I think we have over 3000 members as we speak. We're getting ready to do a capital raise of $14 million to buy two to three planes that we're gonna need to um, do our new flights from Florida to New York, from New York to California, and we're working on other flights to the Caribbean. So we're really taking this very serious about creating solutions for the new world we all need to live in. 
um, we're talking to ranchers in, um, around the country now about how do we distribute food to like-minded people that are talking about living free. So we're working 24 hours a day. I don't get any rest at all because every moment is a different thing that we're working on, but it's all interconnected and it's about freedom, the right to live your life the way God gave you the ability to live your life. And it's real simple. Freedom equals God, God equals freedom, and we have the rights as human beings to be able to live the way we choose to live. And we need to fight, you know, fight for that with everything in our being. This is not just an exercise to just say, oh, we're fighting against one group as opposed to the other. This is a fight for it all. I mean, this is a serious, serious issue. These are some serious times. We need to all take it serious. Well, you always come up with really good powerful words and for people to easily remember and understand. Like I know that, you know, my sister distributes it and says, find your God courage. And now he said freedom equals God and God equals freedom. And that should really resonate to all those who believe in a creator who brought you into this reality. And so, um, what and you just also just finished that tour, right? It, yes. Yeah. Right? So yeah. can you just like give us a um, like an overview of what was your best experience in that tour? Well, the Arise tour um, changed my life actually, um, and, I, and I'll tell you in a couple of ways. It got me centered on what what we need to be doing as a people, not because of your color not because of where you come from, but as a united group of people, you, you people that represent humanity. And I got to speak to people all over the country. You know, like I've done a poll of America, guys. You know, I've been to 57 um, cities, 39 states, but someone reminded me that I've been to 65 cities and 40 <laughs> states, which I thought was absolutely mind-boggling that we did that from a year, um, from, from, from last year to this year. But the tour was a spiritual movement that was focused on faith, family, and freedom. And to go around the heartland and talk to people about where they are, how they feel about their children, how they feel about their opportunity to live freely, how they feel about their government. I learned so much and that barrier was broken where I understood that we all are living and breathing human beings that care about our children and care about society and care about all the things that you know our parents taught us to do care about you as a human being, show each other love. I just learned so much. I was, I'm never, I, I think that it changed me so much that I have to be careful because mm -hmm. I realized that emotionally what's getting ready to happen if we don't fight back to our children leaves me breathless sometimes. I mean, it just, it just knocks the wind out of me sometimes. But in going through that, the whole country and talking to people, one thing I can say is that we're all in alignment. Oh. They're listening. They're paying attention. They're not, they're not, you know, they're not detached from reality. They're with us. They don't want to talk about race because they know that that race is the, the wedge that they keep um keep us, the wedge that they keep uh, keep keeps up keeps us apart. Keeps us apart. But I gotta tell you, it, it was one of the most powerful things that any individual can go to. I I'd say to you, I mean, just think. I'm in Minnesota one day, I'm in Montana the next day. I'm in Alabama the next day, and I'm talking about faith, family, and freedom. Then I'm in Kansas the next day. Then I'm in Nebraska the next day. I mean, just imagine when talking to people about where they are, what they believe in, what their faith in, what they, how they value um, family, 
it just was an amazing opportunity. Now, I got to tell you, I at first I was not going to do it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I should do it. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I just didn't feel good. But then when I got on that bus, I started to see how important it was, how blessed I was to be in that situation, how I believe God was actually guiding that tour bus for us to make a difference in America, how historic, how historical it was. That was very historical. Just to be, just to, to be a black American male, not running for public office and not preaching and going around the country to preach about faith, family and freedom and to, then to use that toward as a way to unify America, that is historical. It was not about my political affiliation. It was not about my race. It was not about any of that. It was a group of people on a bus going from city to city to city to city, talking about faith, family, and freedom, bringing families on the tour with us to participate in the tour, bringing children. Everybody started to become one big family on that tour. And I got to tell you, I tell people all the time, it actually changed me. For the better, actually. (laughs) What a powerful experience. And thank you for sharing that. Yeah, what else can we ask for in our unity is like the unity in diversity. That's how I keep hearing what what you just said. And yeah, everyone really has that faith, family, and freedom that, you know, if you ask someone, what what do you value most? Everyone would say that, you know, the faith, family, and freedom. Faith, family, and freedom. I've never met anyone who didn't value that. Well, I think we've lost, you know, know, Grace, I think we've lost our perspective of what that means. You know, that was not a slogan. We were really trying to connect, you know, people to understand what faith, family, and freedom means and why it's so important to fight for it. Why it's so important to fight with everything we have in our soul to fight for that because that represents humanity. Faith, family, and freedom. That's the that's the nucleus of the world. That's the nucleus of what God has given us to be able to do all of the great things that we've done as individuals and families. I mean, once you lose your freedom, once you lose your faith, right? I, I mean, what else is there? I mean, we should be fighting every day. We should not even be we should not even be analyzing this. It's so right there. You know, whatever faith you are, you know it. Faith, family, and freedom. It's it's critical to our survival as um you know human beings yeah instead of the division separation and i'm sure you'll bring this to to our audience like recently in new york i know they started already the vaccine uh, admit admission admission to the restaurants so or or to any facility and it's really crazy because then at uh, in one facility in one business it says we don't discriminate. They, they, they said that we don't discriminate, blah, blah, blah. And yet you can't go in, you can't buy anything if you don't show that. So I, I don't know where, 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 that, where people's mind are at right now. Well, the only way that works is if we participate in it. That's it. I mean, when, you, when we say they and, and, and they are doing this, they're doing it because we're allowing them to do it. You know, they're not masking your kids. We're masking our kids. They're not injecting something a biologic in our arm. We're allowing them to do it. They are not. Do- they, are, they are telling us that we have to use a slave passport to travel and eat and breathe and love. That We're allowing that. We should take the blame. Right? So they understand that we are weak because we're not unified under the banner of faith, family, and freedom. 
they know that we are going to try to over-intellectualize what bondage looks like and what slavery looks like. They know that we're going to keep saying they. So the government that we keep saying they represents, well, that government doesn't represent us anymore. So why are we utilizing that government to change the conditions in our, in our life right now? So we're all to blame for this. We're all of us. We are to blame. So I would never go in a restaurant that suggests that I have a slave passport because it's racist. And anybody that eats in those restaurants are racist. They are bigots. They believe in segregation. They believe in separation. They believe that we are unclean. Just 60 years ago, I couldn't walk into a diner because they said I was unclean. Just 60 years ago, I couldn't swim in the swimming pool with you because they said I was unclean. Just 60 years ago, I had to sit on the back of the bus because they didn't want us in, with them because they said we were unclean. Just 60 years ago, I couldn't go to a college. I couldn't go to a high school or a grammar school because they said I was unclean. And for us not to understand that history just 60 years ago, shame on us, not on them, shame on us. And we keep trying to rationalize how we operationalize our disdain or, or, or how we attack that. We have to attack it at its core. Anyone that takes out a slave, a slave passport to go to a sports venue is a slave themselves. Anybody that promotes it are modern day slave catchers. Any doctor that suggests that we should take an experimental biologic is a war criminal. And any of us that don't understand that shame on us. They can't do it unless we allow them to do it. Well, thank you. And uh, I'll pass it on to John because we have much more questions. And thanks again for being here. Thank you for everything that you do. Thank you. You don't know how many times I wanted to say amen at the end of everything that you said right there, especially the last rant. I mean, um, I just got back from Greece last week. And right now I'm in COVID prison because government of Canada has deemed that I am not, as you said, clean enough to go out to the general population with everybody else. However, my test when I landed was negative, but whatever, I'm not, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm very fired up right now because there's a lot that happened. Like we just had an election that we knew what was going to happen and it happened. And, um, we got another four years of the same of the same old same. I knew it was going to happen. That's this is why I want to leave because I can see the tyranny and I can see the control coming into Canada, and I don't want to be a part of it. And it's like trying to bash your head up against the wall sometimes. And just like you said, there is segregation. Now I'm on your website and I'm looking at this one course called Medical Racism: The New. Yeah. Uh, apartheid. Apartheid. I, I'd like to get a little bit more information about that, if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit more about that. Oh, well, well, you know, medical apartheid is alive and well. Medical racism alive and well. Black Americans in particular are the most exploited and experimented people on the planet, um, including Africa. And obviously, I think a lot of you might be aware of that. But medical apartheid and medical racism is real. What they're saying to us right now is that they're going to control our bodies. They're going to make our bodies the profit centers for their their diabolical, you know, um, science. They're now saying that they're going to use medical apartheid to stop us from living and traveling and banking and eating and loving and um, being a free um, um, 
a human being as the, the way God gave it, the way God created us to be. And racism is not, when people think of racism, they think of black people. No, <laughs> racism is beyond your color. It is when a group of other groups of other people believe they should be able to control your body, you know, do all the things that they need to do to profit off of your body and then discard you because you are not, you have no value. Value. So if you look at the documentary medical rate, it talks about the history, the long arc of history of where what happened to black Americans and Africans in this country, in this world. And it talks about how the medical industry has always been positioned and always has taken advantage of blacks across the world because we are considered the bottom caste. So if you look at what's happened in the prisons against their will, the book um, that's on um, the acres of skin about what happened in the prisons, when you talk about medical apartheid, when you talk about medical racism, you're seeing it right now. It's a living color. You can't get on the bus because you're deemed unclean. That's racist. You can't go to an event because you're deemed unclean. That's racist. You can't go anywhere when, in groups because if you are unclean, that's segregation. That's bigotry. That's the same thing my people fought against for decades, a century. That's what it is. It's then and now. Think about it. Then, this is what happened, and now, look what's happening. So this is the thing that I'm fascinated about. I have people literally trying to rewrite the language of race. Think about what I'm saying to you. They're trying to rewrite the language of race. So what they're saying is a slave passport, that's not racism. That's not racism. This is what they're saying. A slave passport is not racism. It's, it doesn't represent segregation. People are saying that's not racist. Taking control over your kids in school right, and, and experimenting on them is not racist. Taking my travel away from me because I'm deemed unclean because I am healthy, that's racist. Telling another group of people that they can't walk down the street without a slave passport or get on a bus without a slave passport or shop without a slave passport, that's racist. That's what it is. You, you don't get to rewrite right language of race because you're trying to justify your dastardly, tyrannical deeds. You just don't get to do that. And you yeah. have black Americans, white Americans, the radical left. These are very dangerous people. These people are dangerous and they're all over the world. And the reason why your president ran and won again is because the, the people of your country don't control their government. Just like this country, the government has abandoned us. Why did we even vote? We should run them out of the country. It's more of us, believe it or not, than them. I believe it. Even here, there's more of us than they are of them. But Well, the problem is, John, is that we are trapped in fear. And that's why I tell people all the time to inhale God and exhale fear and then take action. How important do you think God is at this time? Because I know there's a lot of people out there that don't believe in a greater power. Um, I do because I'm Greek Orthodox and my entire life is based off of that belief system. So I want to get your answer on that. Well, let me tell you something about God, the spirit of God. The spirit of God is in all of us. And I think the, the people that are focused on other people that understand what's presently happening. So I have this thing that I say all the time about 
why I think we're going through what we're going through from a spiritual perspective. And maybe this can help you. The reason why we're going through what we're going through is because we lost our God consciousness. And when you lose your God consciousness, you lose your ability to see God's face for the right answer, no matter what your religion or your, or your faith is. And then when you lose your ability to see God's face for the right answers, you lose your God courage to know when to fight, when to stand up for God like God stood up for us. And when you talk about Jesus Christ dying on the cross, right, he sacrificed himself for us. The question is, are we going to sacrifice ourselves for our children, for our humanity, for the very thing that is important to us, the, the right to breathe and the love? So God is love. Love is God. Freedom is God. God is freedom. And if we tie that all together, that's where our real power is. It's not an individual people. It's not in your political party. It is deep inside of you. God is not up in the sky orchestrating all of this. God gave us the power, not to be in power, but we have the power. And if we take back our God courage and we demonstrate God courage and we seek something higher than ourselves, we will have the courage to fight because guess what? That's what sacrifice is all about. And I'm doing this for you, John. I'm doing this for you, Grace. I'm doing this for you, Steve. I'm doing this for you, Hartman, because we need to tie each other and link each other to what? Something greater than ourselves. Because the people that are doing this to us, they are godless. And the people that are doing this to us know that we are disconnected consciously from something that's greater than ourselves. And we have to find that again. All great movements are defined by something greater than ourselves. That's why I pull away from people that I think are trying to be celebrities now in the midst of my horror. That's why I pull away from people that are trying to translate what race is outside of what I know race is because I'm a black American. I know what it is. And you can't hijack the narrative of race and segregation and the horrors of what happened in this country around slavery and all around the world based on you trying to do a juxtaposition on what it is to make you comfortable based on what you're doing to me and what they're doing to you and what they're doing to people in the world. So without God first, there's no victory later. Without God consciousness, there's no deeper understanding from an historical perspective of what's happening to us. That's it. So everything that I do now, I displace my personality and I lead with God first as much as I possibly can. And when I, the reason I get that is because I travel and I look into people's faces and they're trying to seek the right answer. They're trying. Some of them might cry, some of them might scream, some of them might hold each other. Some of, the, the world is going through a, a, a metamorphosis and it's a great one. It's something mystical we might not understand. And then some people are going to perish because they don't believe in something greater than themselves. They're going to die because they don't believe that God gave them the power to do all things. So looking towards your government, you don't believe in God. Looking towards your church, you don't believe in God because God's in you, period, end of discussion. So you have to go deep inside, take that deep breath, inhale God and exhale fear and take action because guess what? We're winning. 
The reason why they're moving so fast, John, is because they're winning. But let me tell you how we lose when we compromise. We lose when we compromise. I will never compromise my freedom. It's it's amazing that you said that because um, I when I was in Greece uh, last week, I actually found myself in a state where I wanted to compromise. I was like, you know what? All these people have taken this thing and I'm not going to name it. And they they seem to be fine. They have a little bit more freedoms. They can go inside the cafes where I have to stay on the patios. And then I walked to ancient Corinth. And I stood where Apostle Paul was preaching to the Corinthians mm. and where Christianity actually first, I'm like, I'm getting goosebumps just saying this, where Apostle Paul was preaching to the Corinthians and where Christianity first took hold. And I was like, I was just standing. I was literally standing on the spot because I had the tour guide tell me, you know, this is was this was the spot. So I'm standing and I'm looking over this beautiful agora, this uh, the marketplace, and I'm thinking to myself, Apostle Paul was crucified upside down in the name of Christ, and here I am questioning myself. Like, do you feel that we've become weaker? Well, we are weaker because we are all culture corrupt. And this is an awakening for us. We're not awoke. This is an awakening. God is, the, 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 the spirit of God is giving us an opportunity to cleanse ourselves, become one again, to breathe in the air, the right air, not the wrong air. And we have to unplug. We have to divest. And guess what? For some people, that's going to be difficult. And that's why they will be slaves. They will be slaves. There will, some, there will be some people on this planet that will... That want to be slaves. It's just like the movie The Matrix. I don't know if you remember this part when he um, betrayed Morpheus and betrayed them. And he said to the, um, I forgot the uh, what they were called, Scythians, you know what? I, I know this is fake. I know this is wrong, but I just want to taste that steak. I, 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 I want to live in this fake world. I don't want to know what's on the other side. I don't want to know what the real world looks like. I'm tired of dealing with that every day. I want to taste that steak and drink that fine wine. And that's what the majority of us live like that today. You know, and that's unfortunate. But we it's our fault. It's our fault. We have to look within. One thing my parents used to tell me, hey, Kevin, look, stop the nonsense. Everything that's going on in your life is because of you. You stop doing that. This works better. You do this, and they were right. And luckily, I learned that when I was a kid. Not that I didn't make mistakes like everybody else. But, John, you know, being God-centered, understanding the power of God. See, we look at God in a very superficial way. God is only there when we need him. You know, oh, God, come and save me. No, but God is saying, oh, no, no, no. You're going to have to do the work today. You're going to have to protect yourself from these tyrannical people. You're going to have to take back your your life. You have to protect your children. You have to stand your ground. You have to stand in the square and fight against these people. And it's more of us than them. But the problem with us, John, too, is we're all trying to over-explain our position. Over-explain why we believe what we believe. Over-explain why we will not take the experiment of our logic. Over-explain why we believe in other therapeutics to protect our body and build our immune system. This perfect, beautiful, gorgeous immune system that God gave us. That's why they're going after our, the next generation. That's why they're going after our children. 
And I cannot believe that parents in this world are allowing them to destroy their own children because they are lazy, because they don't have a fight in them. Look at our young people. Look at that. And it is our job, all of us, to shake them to their core and say, do you know what you're doing? Do you understand the impact that it's going to have on our children? Do you understand that's what they want to do? They want to wipe out three or four to five generations after us. John, we're the last, we're the, we're the, we're the finger in the dike, John. And guess what? We cannot play with this. Absolutely amazing. Um, I could literally ask you like a thousand questions right now, but I'm going to pass you on to Hartmut. I know he has even more questions. Thank you so much. This was love it. I absolutely love it. Thank you. Thank you. Kevin, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show again. And uh, I really appreciate that. And uh, it's so it's so refreshing to listen what you are doing in uh, in your country and how you work. Um, here in, in Germany, um, we have, let's say, there are people, there are people, and we, but the people, we are more in the hidden place. It's unbelievable. For example, in France, in, in Italy, the people go on the streets. There are 120 cities where the people go on demonstrations, where there's a, quite of, a lot of cruelty by the police uh, in front of the uh, peaceful people. And in Germany, you have less, and um, but the people get informed. They, let's say, they try to survive in a hidden way, but it didn't work. Out. It it can't work out. And this is, um, it's so, uh, it's really, let's say, scary. Yeah, it's scary because France and Germany, these are the countries which have to be destroyed from from the economic aspect. So that whole Europe is destroyed from the economical aspect, and then you can then you can transform a complete continent, and this is how it works here. And for this reason, it's such um, pleasure to hear how the people um, are fighting in the U.S. and uh, and my question is the first question is what I have uh, concerning your president because you are. Your country is separated. You have the Democrat uh, countries, you have the Republican countries, and several countries are free. Other countries are under restrictions. And um, now the president came and said, okay, he wants to force all countries in the US to, uh, to, yeah, to establish the, the vaccination program, etc. And how do you see this battle at the moment? Where, what is the situation concerning this battle? between the president's uh, will and the will of the governor, of the governors. The president is a representative of all Americans and he's failed. And I think, I love when he opens up his mouth. I just love him. He, he just makes me, I have nothing but joy when he talks because mm -hmm. he proves us right all the time. He proves, he proves to the world that not only is he an idiot, but he <laughs> helps us because when you tell a group of free living Americans that we're going to mandate something, and we're going to force it upon you. He just, he, look, he just gave me 30, what, I think 22 million new fans. Oh. <laughs> I love the guy. He's the best represent. I think he's the best representative for us ever. 
But here's the power of this country. The power of this country is that there are some states that understand that we should be having a deeper conversation about the science. They understand that protecting children and the value of their, um, of their group is critically important to them and that they have faith and that we are not going to subscribe to this tyrannical federal government that's going to tell us what to do with our lives. Now, on the Democratic side, the radical left, the black community has been on a dream spell with this party for decades, and they're leaving this party. Black Americans are leaving the Democratic Party. And black Americans are having a deeper conversation about chronic illness that's happening in our community, what the prison industrial complex has done, what all of these crazy tyrannical policies that they thought were going to be helpful to them has damaged them for decades to come, for decades to come. And we're starting to have that deeper conversation. So the red states, right, people are saying, oh, those are Trump lovers. No, those are freedom lovers. And the, the cities, those are the dystopian hell holes that the radical left has created and that majority of the black Americans in this country have been under a, a dream spell and actually participated in their own demise. But what they found out during this experimental jab um, experiment, that black Americans didn't take it. And now what are they trying to do? They're trying to do it, break them by taking all of their social services away from them, which is our fault because black America brought into the welfare program as opposed to the ownership program. And I've been talking about that for decades. And we are weak. And they know that we are weak, but they don't understand that something magical happening even in that space. And I'm starting to pay attention to it now because I'm in the black communities where I grew up at, where I helped to build up. I'm grounded in my blackness. I'm grounded in my history. I'm grounded in my faith. So no one is going to tell me what's going on in black America. And black America's problem is black America's problem. Their leadership, have not, they have all now become the employers of the tyrannical people that we're fighting against right now. They are now wholesaling garbage to their people and telling them to take an experimental biologic that doesn't stop transmission. Will, what, what will, create it, will create something in their bodies, not to only destroy them as individuals, but to destroy their children. And what's ever left of the black race. So yeah. what you've seen between the red and, uh, and blue states, it's all bull crap. You have a group of people in one part of the country that understands freedom, and you have another group of people that have under, is under a dream spell that's willing to give their freedom away. But black Americans understand it. People, look, you can't look on TV and get that. You can't look at PBS, read the New York Times, the Daily News. You can't read Atlantic. You can't read the New Yorker. All of those pa papers and all of those journalists have been captured. All of your regulatory agencies have been captured. So what you see is a split. Freedom-loving people, God-loving people, family-loving people, and people that are in love with the system, people that have given their bodies back to the system, people that want to be commoditized, people that want to be slaves. That's the difference. It ain't unvaccinated, vaccinated, clean, unclean. It's people that understand freedom in God and people that don't. And we should stop trying to explain that. Yeah. Build up our tribe. Build a new bridge to the, the, you know, to the future. You know, start building and, and creating things that give us the opportunity to divest from this system. It's about divesting. It's not about trying to, it's not trying, we shouldn't be, uh, what is the, we should not be negotiating with them. We should just step back and move away 
and build the world we want. Now, guess what? When we yes. start doing that, now people start paying attention. But the other thing is, why are we in, why are we still paying taxes to a tyrannical government that's enslaving us? Why are you still sending your kids to a school that's massing them up and socially destroying them? Why are you supporting a government that's telling you you have no control over your kids? This is not a time for weakness. This is a time for courage. So the red states and blue states, that doesn't even exist. There's no such thing as red and blue. That's all concocted by calling the evil ones. And we've been buying it. We've been selling it. We've been promoting it. And this is very, yeah, and it's very important, especially cons uh, with respect to, to the new rules, for example, entering a restaurant, entering uh, a museum or a library. Yes, for example, you need Hamid, to- Hamid, can I say something, Hamid? There are no rules. Think about what I'm saying, Hamid. There are no rules. Just think about that. How does someone make a rule to take my freedom Away from me. Now, when I walk into a restaurant, I'm going to be doing this next week when I get back. I don't know when I'm going to get back, but I know I'm going to try. I'm going to work on this. I'm going to go into a restaurant and I'm going to go in and they're going to ask me for my slave passport. And I'm sorry, I'm not giving you my slave passport. I'm a black American. I know what slavery is. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to eat. Now, I'm not doing that because I want to be a, a patron to them. They are now segregating against me again as a black man as a person that's not vaccinated, saying that I'm unclean. Now, I want to know when they call the cops who I fund. See, this is a problem. We have to stop financing the people that are working against us. How do we do that? Um, they, uh, let's say it this way. Uh, you, had, you, you said it very, very clearly. It's all about fear and the situation, what they take or what, where they get our fear or where they take us is the money for example if in germany if someone is sitting in a in a restaurant inside and has no test no vaccination and someone will control this the patient uh, the, the guest has to pay 3000 euros and the owner of the of the of the of the shop has to or restaurant has to pay also three thousand euros. Can I tell and, you something? The reason why that happens is because we allow it. To, see, when you say that yeah. we allow it, the restaurant owner is allowing it, and the yep. individual is allowing. It. Now, do you yeah. believe? I believe there are more Germans, more Germans, more French people, more Americans, more Canadians are on our side. They have to open up their doors and they got to go out and fight for themselves. And no owner, no store owner, restaurant owner, no individual that doesn't want to be a slave should be penalized for not being a slave. We should tear, we have to tear down the system right now. When you compromise, right, we lose. So no one should go into those restaurants at all. Yes. No one should be paying taxes to a system that's trying to turn them into slaves. That's absolutely a fact. So why are we still doing it? Because when somewhere in our minds, we think things are going to get, no, things are not going to get better. They're going to get worse. So I'm of yeah. the opinion, I'm of the opinion that we don't do it. Like I walk into a restaurant and say, oh, you have a passport? I say, I'm not a slave. I'm not eating here. Now, guess what? We know what I'm finding out. Majority of those restaurants are a third empty. They're not yep. going to survive. 
and we should not go into not one. And anyone that goes into them, I'm telling you, they are modern day slave catchers. They are bigots and racists. And we got to call them what they are. I'm sorry. Uh, but do you see, um, I see it, for example, because of the behavior. For example, um, let's say one and a half years ago, before COVID, no one could imagine that the people wear a mask in free, in free space. Everyone would say this is completely crazy. And right now, the people are used to these things. It's unbelievable. Many people are used to these things. And the situation, and this is a psychological warfare, because they know, for example, they say, okay, um, the unvaccinated people, they're not tested people, they are not in the restaurant anymore. So let's say it this way, all the vaccinated people see only vaccinated people in the cities or in the restaurants and all that stuff. And this will become also a general habit. So that in one year, the people are used to be under vaccinated people and all un and, and all not vaccinated people are a danger. And this is well, this is for me very, very scary. Yeah, when those people listen, it's very interesting. That's running out of football field. That whole narrative is running out of football field because the people um, that are vaccinated are the ones that are getting sick. Um, the, the, the evil ones, I call them the evil ones, they're trying to suppress that information as much as possible. But there's going to be a lot of people sick in, around the world. And, you know, unfortunately, I'm going to pray for them. And I don't think that we should be separating each other because we're vaccinated, unvaccinated. I think that's wrong. It's, un, un, it's, it's, just, it's just evil. And I think people are going to start figuring that out. And I think people need to take back their power and not participate. You cannot participate. If you participate, yeah. you're just like them. And this yes. whole narrative about vaccinated, unvaccinated, I laugh about it all the time because it's so surreal. So I'm saying, okay, you are vaccinated. You're 300 pounds. You're smoking a cigarette. You're, you're vaccinated. You've been sick for the last four weeks because, but then when I, when I ask you what you were sick of, oh, I had COVID again, but it helped me with the symptoms. I'm like, are you, that's, that's mental illness. That's mental illness. That has nothing to do with anything. Majority of these people that you see that are buying into this narrative, unfortunately, you know, there's something mentally wrong with them because these are simple things. If it doesn't stop transmission, why are you taking it? If you have six or seven therapeutics that can help you to abate it, why aren't you taking them? When you go into the hospital, now do you understand your hospitals now are your new death camps? Yes. You're killing our people in the hospitals. They're not giving you vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin E. They're not giving you anything. They're not giving you hydrochloroquine. They're not giving you um, ivermectin, things that are proven to help us. That's a crime in itself. But they're giving you redimzavir. That kills you. Now, but I just, just think about this, though. The healthcare system, the government, the education cartel, the financial industry, these global tyrants, they're all aligned, our regulatory agencies. So we have no choice but to fight. We keep looking at what the FDA is saying. The FDA gets 46% of its money from Big Pharma. Yep. CDC is a vaccine company. The 1986 vaccine injury law, it what? Gave the indemnified these organ, I mean, indemnified the pharmaceutical industry, the vaccine industry from being liable. Now they're mandating you and your job to take an experimental biologic 
right? And when you get sick, you're done. Yeah, and um, the situation concerning the vaccinated and unvaccinated people, and uh, this is a new um, research, Not it's not pre-reviewed, but it's a research from, uh, from a German, uh, Herr W. Seligmann. Uh, this was uh, uh, published by the website of Mr. Ralf Schuster, and he made uh, a very interesting research. He took all the unvaccinated children from 0 to 14 years from 22 European countries. And uh, he took this data from our, our world in data and he described that the whole um, death rate increased by vaccinated people. For example, if vaccinated people get in contact with children, after three and four weeks, the children get symptoms. And this is, uh, so the situation here is, uh, it can be, it can be um, given by, um, let's say, by liquid, or it can be given by, by um, what's, what's the word? If you, <coughs> I don't know, no, or by mother milk. Yeah? So the, 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 the children are really the, let's say, the victims in this, in, in this war. And, uh, yeah. and especially if we, if we put vaccinated or people with the vac unvaccinated children together, this increased the death rate of the children, according, according to uh, Mr. Seligmann here from, from Germany. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I, you know, we, we, on our side, we know all of the science, we understand the facts, because we're looking at it in a way that will help all of, all of society, because we want to make sure all of society is health, healthy. On their side, they're participating in genocide and homicide, and we need to identify who those people are. I mean, Fauci, Gates, the World Health Organization, the FDA, NIH, all of these world leaders, all of these mayors, all of these council people, all of these board of education leaders, all of these people that are not standing in the public square with us are, are murderers, and they will go down as murderers. And we should never forget, because I am surprised at what's happening in Israel. I am surprised at what's happening in Germany. There's going to be something in the next six months. It's going to be pretty scary, guys. And we have to all prepare ourselves not to live in fear, but to be prepared to stake our claim. Fight yeah. for humanity. Yeah. Not to be afraid. When I say that, not to be afraid and then be aware that the mainstream media, Big Pharma News, they're feeding you garbage every day. You have to disconnect yourself from that. I find it interesting. Some of the people that I like, you know, they say, well, Kevin, I was watching the news. I said, that's not news. That's propaganda. That's being funded by governments, by being funded by big pharma, being funded by the global um, titans, being funded by the tech um, titans. That's not news. So stop reading it. Throw it in the garbage. Start talking to each other. Call up your neighbor. Go have tea. Go share the information. Go have a discussion. Go say, listen, why are we doing this when we know this is to be true? And be leery of other documents that's being produced now to suggest that we're wrong because they're being paid. They're being funded to do this. They don't yes. have a soul. These people do not have a soul. And uh, I want to, I want also to info, uh, give uh, positive information because I, I had, for example, here in Germany, uh, we have the very famous newspaper Build, which is like Daily Mail in UK. Uh, 
Yeah. And on the 21st of January, September, they said that you can deactivate spike protein with electric fields. So there is a possibility to deactivate the spike protein. And this is, uh, and this is something uh, which, is, um, which was established research by the University of Kassel in Germany. So let's say it this way. The ger what I want to say is the humanity has the possibility to survive this stuff. And we have to, and for this reason, I'm completely 100% with you, we have the vaccinated people and the unvaccinated people have to join together in order to fight against the tyranny. Well, you're right. And now, thank you for that. I thank you for giving me that information. But they've been wrong about everything. They've been lying to us from day one. You know, they told us, you know, we have to stay in the houses for... Our 14 days to stop the curve. Yeah, I mean, it's like this is absolutely ridiculous. I think it's we're ridiculous. ridiculous. I think no. You know what? They're not ridiculous. We are. We yes. We are. We're the ones that are ridiculous. I'm Let's not blaming them. We I'm are we are victims of the psychological warfare because yeah. they know exactly what they do. Yeah. 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 Anyway, they, but you know, but I, I just think shows like this, and I got to tell you, this this your show has grown. I mean, I see some of your guests, I see some of your conversations, I see how you interface with them. I watch you when I can, or I, I turn it on late at night when I'm talking to myself. <laughs> so <laughs> when I'm talking to myself, I turn on something that kind of connects with me and I watch you. But I gotta tell you, your show has grown. Your podcast is a powerful tool for change. And I'm really, every time I get a chance to come on, you know, I'm always, I feel blessed, you know, I really do. And I love Grace. That's my sweetheart. And um, and I just know that all of us on this podcast and other podcasts that I've been on, we're fighting for the right thing. We've chosen community over chaos. You know, we know they're going to investigate us. We know they're going to try to stop us from, have, you know, financially being stable. We know they're going to try to come after our children. But if we don't fight back, we're going to lose it all anyway. So when I hear people say, I'm going to lose my job if I'm going to take an experiment of biologic, I said, but once you become a slave, you're a slave. You, you, there's going to be difficult. You're going to, it's going to be difficult for you to reverse this now. This is not like the, uh, you know, 200 years ago. This is completely different. They will control everything in your life and there will be no one to help you because once you're locked into their system, you're locked in. Yeah. Like, for instance, if the, if the creator of the PCR test tells you it shouldn't be used for this. If the one of the creators of the mRNA, you know, uh, um, technology said it shouldn't be used for this, and all of the great scientists and virologists and doctors, I mean, the ones with courage that are losing their license. I, a doctor talks to me sometimes. I said, "Did you lose your license yet?" They said, "No." I said, "You can't talk to me." They said, "What do you mean?" I said, "You you didn't lose your license, so that means you hope that you up at the hospital, you know, killing people. So when you lose your license and they threaten to lose your license, you come and talk to me." When a, when, yeah. a art, when a newspaper calls me to talk to me, I say, how much money do you take from Big Pharma? Well, that's not the point. How much money do you take from Big Pharma? Well, I, well you can't talk to me. When a pastor so, comes to yeah. talk to me and says to me, um, Kevin, I say, did you close up your church? Yeah, you can't talk to me. Now, that's my choice because I don't have a lot of time. I'm trying to work with people to save humanity. I don't have time to go back. I got to move forward. Now, if some people want to spend that time, God bless them. Not me. If you close your church up, you zoomed in Jesus, and now you open up your church to sell a devil's product, I can't talk to you. If you tell me I can't come into your restaurant 
because um, I'm unclean, you will have no visitors to that restaurant because I will call every friend of mine and tell them, if you go in that restaurant, you are bigger than a racist and you're against your own people. See, I am of the other cloth. I'm cloth. I'm the other side. I don't tolerate that. You can't make an excuse to me. You can't justify it to me because the damage that's going to be done because we don't fight back 20 years ago, our kids are going to be destroyed. So no, I, I can't say I call it when I say when you compromise, when you comply, you die. Now I have a philosoph philosoph philosophical question to you. Um, the interesting thing is we all know, or let's say, um, the, 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 let's say the upper class or the, 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 the bad guys, they are, they are smart. They are very smart, more or less. And the interesting thing is, uh, I had a conversation with someone and we said, look, a very good society uh, has three basics. The first one is politics, economics, and ideology. And this is a healthy society. And the interesting thing is, if you have an ideology, it doesn't matter what kind of, what kind of religion you have, but if you have an ideology, you have a feeling for right and wrong in your heart. And many people, many people have lost this feeling. And we can see it by the propaganda, how it works and how many people failed in the trap. So, do you think it's possible that these people behind the scenes understand that the survivors will be the one who have the possibility for economics, politics, and ideology? That these are the survivors? What do you think about that? You mean the survivors, the people that didn't take the experimental biologic? Or yes. the people? Well, I Because just think that All of the things you said, ideology, uh, I would add theology, and you said um, um, you said something about economics, right? Economics, politics, systems, and ideology, these are the basics yeah, of society. Yeah, all of those systems that we would have embraced and had bigger conversations around and, the, and, the, and using those themes no longer exist. It no longer exists. Our government has abandoned us. We need to, we need to abandon it. It is not a, it's not a partner to what we're trying to do. And people actually still believe they can negotiate with the government. I, I find it fascinating. Yeah. You know, on the ideology portion, I mean, that's going to always be around. You're going to always have people that think and think they can come up with some hypothesis. No, that um, might be what I want, no, what I want to say is, um, what I want to say is, this is very sarcastic. The only, the only people who will survive. I got it. Oh, the I only get people it. who will survive will be have ideology, <laughs> politics, and economics. I, I got you, I got you. And the rest is... <laughs> hey, hey, you got me there. You got to tell me when you're being sarcastic. I got to get the translation right. Yeah. <laughs> I got it, buddy. I got it, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, so this is... but, you know, that, you know th your show is really unique to, to be able to have some people ask questions, really deep probing questions. I like that. You don't get that often, but I like it when I come on your show because it's like you're thinking through this stuff too. Every day I'm changing and evolving every day. Like like, like love wins, right? And and I gotta I tell you a story real quick. I was in um in Sacramento about a week ago speaking um 
beautiful, beautiful, beautiful people coming together from all over California to fight and have a bigger conversation about you know, how to fight and how to win and what we need to do, all of the things that you know happens in these rallies. But it was this young guy that was standing over to my right when I was talking, and I was kind of heated up at that time. It was 90, that was 103 degrees, but I was heated up both ways. And he had to sign, he said, love wins. And I was like, he, you know what? He's right. That sign was perfect for me to see. It was right. It was meant for me to see that. Love wins. And what that meant to me was that every human being on this planet, all of us need to show each other love and respect and be open to having a deeper conversation about how do we save humanity, not how do we save these systems. How do we right. save who we are as human beings? And if we show each other love, we can get there. And then the ones that don't want to embrace love, those are the ones that we understand that have embraced the system, that wants to destroy what God gave us, wants to destroy the love we have for our children, children wants to destroy the love we have for each other. That's the separation. People that love and people that don't love. And even in my, my toughness sometimes, I'm trying to say it out of love. Out of love, I'm saying this to you. If you don't fight for your children, you will have nothing left. If you take the experimental biologic, you are putting your life into danger. If you're not having a bigger dialogue in communities around the country, we're missing the opportunity to find the truth. If you don't realign yourself to the real God, real God, which is in you, real God is the spirit that's in you, we're going to lose. If we keep compromising, if we keep trying to rationalize, if we keep participating, we lose every day. And the old system, we have to divest from. So we don't go to those supermarkets. We grow our own food. We don't go into their churches. We find like-minded people and we praise God and love God, whatever your faith is. And you can go on and on with that. You know, and that's what I'm working on, divesting from the old system, because that system was not built on trust, was not built on love, was not built on power, empowering people, right, to use that giving people or expanding people's power. It was to control them. And that's why we have the condition that we have in this world. Um, yeah, and, uh, it, and it takes courage because I want to, I want to uh, share some personal stuff because I had a couple of months ago a conversation with my mother and um, the most people are, in my family are vaccinated. And uh, I'm, not, I'm maybe one of the few who is not. And the interesting thing is um, they are also, uh, let's say, protecting the system, not the humanity, not the society, the system. And then I got the question, do you, we, uh, do, don't you want to come back to us? Yeah. Don't you come, want to come back to us with respect to the mindset? And said, never. Yeah. And this is... And this is in, uh, for, for also, all, for also the, uh, our listeners. This is what we are facing at the moment. We have to create our own society. We have to create our own new friendships, our own families. And this family, all, 
it's difficult, but it's also difficult to to love the biological family if the if the mindset is so different. What did but Jesus Christ say? What did Jesus Christ say? He said, "I have no mother and father." So he said, "See, we you know you know we need we got to do some more deep work on ourselves. You know, we have to do some more deep work. We're too surface. We're not deep individuals anymore. You know, we have to go a little deeper." And really think about, you know, that a family member will say to you, don't you want to come back and be a part of us only if you conform, only if you comply, only if you die, because we're comfortable being slaves. I mean, that's really interesting. But guess what? I think there's something great happened, though, too. Guess what happened? We have a new tribe. We're all friends. You're my tribe. I can call you John. I can call you Hartman. I can call you Steve Grace. What's going on? We got a new tribe now. I don't need to. I I don't run into this often like you, Hartman, because if anybody in my family ever told me that, you know, they don't want me to come around because um, I'm not vaccinated, I would bust out laughing. I would laugh. I really would me. I would think it would be a joke. I'm like, great. That makes it easy. I don't want to see you anyway because I got new friends. I got a new. You know, I don't buy, I don't even pay attention to that when I hear people say, oh, my. Well, what we have to do is show them love. But keep moving forward. That's it. Yeah. Thank you. It was a brilliant conversation again, Kevin. I pass it I to love Steve. You, man. Thank I love you. Thank you. I love you too. Thank you. Wow, 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 man. Love wins. That's it. That's you know, look look within, know thyself. And for you know, people are forgotten that you know, they think they're the house and they're the job and they're the country club and they're this persona that everyone's acting and putting on and they're step on their neighbor to get ahead. But that's not who we are at our core. And systematically, you want it, you know, we, before we started, I was talking about Rudolf Steiner who lectured over a hundred years ago. And he said a hundred years ago that there's a, you know, through systematic, deliberate dumbing down there's a movement towards materialism, scientism, which at, uh, in 1919, he was lecturing at, in Germany saying, people will have the inability to think mm. because of their education system that indoctrinates them to only see one answer and not think creatively and shut down the right hemisphere of the brain. The whole world is left brain right now. And they're afraid of our right brain we're all right brain because we have the ability to see. But in some ways, it's a little bit of an, you know, an, an alibi for the people who can't see the truth because right. it's in some ways it's not their fault. But it's interesting that you said that sign had an impact on you. And that is really, in a nutshell, the core to the solution of everything that's going on. Because if if everyone just started treating their fellow man as they would want to be treated, you know, and realize we're all, we're all, you know, the same, we're all made of the same stuff. People wouldn't hurt each other. And that means physically, emotionally, mentally. So, you know, so Rudolf Steiner a hundred years ago was saying that there's a systematic, you know, uh, deliberate, scheme, however you want to put it, through education, through the infiltration of every aspect of society to create this indoctrination of Marxism, you know, coupled with 
uh, you know, Zionism and, uh, and, and Luciferianism. And it's very dark. And that's what we're up against. And so this is really a spiritual war. And they don't want us to love God. They don't want us to be attached to God. That's why the whole New Age movement, which is a CIA thing, what is New Age? It doesn't attach you to any God. It just makes you say, oh, you know, oh, the baby got run over by the tractor. Oh, they that's what they wanted. You know, you know, there's right. no remorse. You know, not that you need to sit there. It's it's like so. So I was saying a hundred years ago, people, you know, Rodolf Steiner said people can't think. Here we are a hundred years later, and we have a disease that there was never, it was always a manufactured emergency. It's 99.997%, the CDC says, for children, right? Uh, I don't know, the, the, the injection doesn't inoculate and doesn't prevent. So there's no difference between me or you. So obviously people can't think, right? That's right. You know, I have something in front of me on my, I have a, a computer thing here, and it says here, rewriting our DNA, but also rewriting our language of faith. This is what, think about this. They are trying to rewrite our DNA, but also re, or rewrite our language of faith. Think, yeah, think well, they, have, they, they, they don't want us to appreciate God. They don't want us. They want us to be materialistic consumers. That's it. And that's not godly. What did Jesus really say? He basically said, look within, know thyself. You, you, you have to disengage from the material world. This is what he said in so many words in my eyes. You have to disengage from humanity and this material world to wake up, to come, to get into the kingdom. Well, you know, you bring up something. A friend of mine called me up. I won't mention his name. He's a really good friend of mine. And he says, Kev, you know, you're back home for a couple of days. He said, yeah, he says, come on, I'm going to check out and play golf. I said, I'm not playing golf. I said, I said, are you, are you kidding me? I said, do you understand that people are dying? Do you understand that our freedoms are being taken away from us? Are you being, are, do you understand what they're doing to our kids in these public schools and in these colleges, education cartel? We have to take our, or do you understand what's happening in the world? So I'm going to go out and play four hours and be, you know, uh, that kind of guy. Them days are over for, I will never do that until we win. Yeah. Well, so I, I'm with you. It's like, I have friends, I have friends who, you know, they live in their, their gilded cages. They have, they don't have to worry about food on the table. And I'm like, dude, there's people in, in New York. My brother's one of them. Their family relies on this business for the last 20 years, and they're going bankrupt. This is real. And th there was no reason for one day to wear a mask, not one day, right? So, like, you can't, and, and he, you know, they can't connect, but they should feel sorry. They should, you know, because we're all, we're all tied together. That's well, where you know, it, it matters Steve, is what I'm saying. Well, Steve, you're absolutely right. I, I got to tell you, this whole thing about, Life is just moving on. Oh, it's going to be okay. It's not. Life is not okay right now. Every time, listen, I, I, I do a five-mile walk every day when I'm, I'm in New Jersey. Um, and I was walking past um, one of my um, colleges in my neighborhood. Now, this is interesting. I hope I do this well. I might screw it up a little bit. <laughs> well, NGIT is a school of architecture and engineering, Right? You would think some of the most creative minds will be exploring this narrative around science, the si you know, science and what's happening. You know what these kids are doing? 
they're wearing masks. You know what these kids are doing? Their parents sent them to a school, right, that's actually not teaching them anything. But they sent them to a school to conform and comply. And I guarantee you, 65% of those kids in that school took that experimental biologic, not understanding what is going to happen to them in the near future. Now, think about that. NJIT. Now, yeah. I, I'm, I live in an education hub here, right? So mm-hmm. think about um, um, Science High, which is right down the street from me, Steve. You have a gym teacher outside with kids in the sun doing exercise with a mask on. Probably. I see it all the time. But kindergarten kindergarten kids not, playing, screaming. That's not their fault. It's our fault. It's the parents' fault. It's the parents' fault. You cannot come back 20 years from now, six months from now, three months from now, two months and say, oh, my child is sick. Yeah, your child is sick. They strapped the mask of shame on them, and they've been sucking in those toxins every day, all day long. So you are to blame. Don't come to my house telling me, how can we help our children? Go help your child. Go up. See, I'm hard, I'm hard that way. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I'm like, no, 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 no. Now, about the exemptions. Somebody found out I was back in New Jersey for a week. I got 100 calls about exemptions. Now, I'm not suggesting that you don't use it as a tool right now. But what I am saying is, why are we using it? You're buying into the system. You're cutting the deal with the devil, whether you like it or not. Next year, they're going to take that away. What are you going to do? Yeah. So once you fall for it, you're in. You're you're caught in the net. Yeah. Well, that's part of... I mean, we're in a spiritual battle is essentially what we're saying, you know, and the sad thing is, is that, you know, Rudolf Steiner was a a student of the mystery schools and he left the Theosophical Society, which is really the dark, which is what all these, um, the people at high levels, this is what they're schooled in. This is the knowledge that the public doesn't get about who we are, that that we're interdimensional, that we're, you know, we could be, that we're supernatural, that we, you know, we don't have to be good. Or, you know, so yeah. my point is uh, the, the, the aspect of this that is dark thrives on the inversion. They thrive on the fact that science kids nearby you or, or aren't thinking science, but that's what they're studying. They, they thrive on you can't go into a restaurant unless you've had this thing, but the people inside who've had it aren't protected either, right? It's really interesting, but you bring up a very, very uh, um, um, Good point. And, and, you know, that's why this this podcast for me is very good. I, mean, I like what you guys are doing. I'm, I want to share this everywhere because this is the kind of conversation we should be having. You know, look, a lot of my doctor friends, they have broken this thing down. I mean, they have outlined it to the finite. OK, we got that. But now we got to move people. Now we got to move people. People have to take charge of their their breath and their lives and their family. They don't get a buy. I'm not doing this. I, I'm not I'm not sacrificing my life for people that don't want to do the work. I'm sacrificing my life for people that do want to do the work. I'm sacrificing, mm-hmm. my, sacrificing my life for my grandkids. I'm sacrificing my life for my sister and her grand her her her, her child and my brother and all of my community I'm sacrificing my life for. But if you don't do the work, I'm not sacrificing my life for you. No, I'm sorry. See I've learned through history 
by watching Malcolm, while watching uh, Martin, while watching Paul Robeson, while watching Frederick Douglass, while watching Ida B. Wells, by watching Harriet Tugman, by watching all of the great theologians and scientists of my time. I've learned a lot from that. And now I can I take a different position. You have to save yourself. You have to stand up for yourself. And I will fight with you every day. I will fight for you every day. But if you're on the other side, I'm going to continue to pray for you and show you love. But I'm going to be very leery of you. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, that's a good that's that brings a, a, something came to my mind is everyone's looking for a savior. And that's part of the problem. Right. You know, you know, who's going to save you yourself. And, you know, so you were bringing up some names and we we know that. I mean, most people don't even know that. Uh, look, I mean, right now I made the distinction. It, it, you had to say it a couple of times where like, you know, only 60 years ago, you couldn't ride a bus. Or you couldn't drink from a water fountain. And it only it only dawned on me what you're saying is there's absolutely no difference of what's going on today of what's of what is going on 60 years ago, except now it's affecting everybody. And it's universal slavery. Universal, yeah. global slavery. So bringing that up, would you say, is Rosa, was Rosa Parks a, a, the, the heroine that I think she was? I don't know much about her. Of course. Well, so in a sense, we, we're, we're me, all Rosa me, Parks. No, but let me give you what, yo, and we are building an underground railroad. It's funny that you say that, Steve. Steve, I actually was having this conversation when I was doing my walk with a friend of mine about we're the new underground railroad, right? But let's talk mm. about Rosa Parks for half of a half of a second. Here's this woman, this very smart woman that joined the civil rights movement. And when they started the, um, the Montgomery boycott, there was, a, 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 there was another woman before her that I forgot the name that stood her ground. And she actually was someone that we should have never forgotten. She She's an older woman, her. I think. Huh? It was it Pickford or something? I, no, yeah, I forgot the, her name. It'll come back the to The autobiography of... Yeah, I can't remember the whole, I can't remember the name, but she was, and my brother would kill me because we talk about this all the time. But let me just say this to you. So Rosa Parks, that was an organized effort. They trained and planned for that. That's how brilliant it was. They they actually, she was, she agreed, she interviewed, they picked the right person. She knew what to do. She knew what to say. She was trained to do it. She was trained to do it. But this is the thing about the Montgomery boycott that bothers me the most, because she's my hero. All of those people were my heroes that did that. They sacrificed. But guess what happened? They built a new cottage industry. They never had to go back to the old system. See, this is what happened. They win. And what do they do the next day afterwards? They go back on the slave catcher's bus. They didn't build a new industry for themselves. They didn't build anything. Now think about it for almost a, a year or two, they created their own ta ca taxi cab services. They all shared, they all ride shared together. They did everything. And what did my community do after we won that battle? That beautiful battle for our human rights, for our civil rights, for all of humanity, for all of Americans. What did we do? We got back on the bus. Sleeping and with the enemy. And that's what I'm concerned about now. If they say, oh, we're going to take this away or we won't do this or we won't do that. What are we going to do? Are we going to get back on the bus? What are we going to do? How are mm. we going to handle that? 
And that's one of my biggest concerns. That's what I'm saying. Divest now forever. I see. Divest so now you, forever. So do you see communities of like-minded people, you know, farming their own food and being outside the city? And Hey, I, I, I see it happening right now. It's happening as we speak. People are planning for what the world should look like for all of us. And I'm included and you're included. And we should be thinking about that every day. With, with that in mind, Kevin, does that, does that sort of uh, insinuate in some way that this cancer, this global Luciferian cancer is so, is so, uh, is so disgusting and, and, and has infiltrated every nook and cranny of society that it's not going to stop? And the only way, the only way, to, the only way to beat it is to do, to do this, to start your own, you know, like you say, do your own thing, go your own path. What, what I'm saying, I, I get your question. It's a very good question. What I'm saying to you is we can never go back, no matter what, what the outcome is. We should never go back. It's over. This system is corrupt to its core, and we're responsible for it. It's godless to its core, and we're responsible, responsible for it. And it has done nothing but destroy great human being, destroy, I should say, destroy life. Think about it. Since we've been born, how many wars have we seen? Since we've been born, how much starvation have we seen? Since we've been born, yeah. how much po how, how is poverty has gone from here to here now? So it ain't it's not working. Well, it's not and supposed to work. Right. That's true. Well, you're you're right about that. You're right about that. So, you know, so. uh, I mean, that's this that's my frustration, and I always think I, I get caught up. I mean, maybe it's because I'm a Capricorn or something, but I get caught up in in that I, I, I was very, I grew up on Long Island and, you know, I was taught the world is good. And I thought that way for a very long time. And I, I, I wouldn't say I was totally shut down, but I, I basically didn't have the notion or the concept that um, I want to find something for you to read um, that, that a government could lie to you. This is before I knew about the, the Luciferian aspect and the secret societies and all that. So, a lot of people don't have the, the the foundation that that the media may just not be telling the truth, that they may be using actors or, you know, so maybe we need to talk more that like we need to show them how, you know, like even parts of this holding in Afghanistan were staged, that it wasn't what they saw on the film. It was it was, you know, it was, uh, uh, you know, stock photos of different things used in different. So my point is the narrative, it's like a movie that people are watching and in movies, you walk out of the, you know, you're in there and the guy's playing a role, like yeah. Biden's playing a role, but he's acting, you know, uh, you know, so what I try and tell people is like, you're watching a movie, it's not organic reality, and they're trying to keep uh, you into the movie. Right, you know? organic reality, I like that, organic reality. Yeah, I think so my I, point is, I, sometimes I let people off the hook a little bit, because I was asleep until I saw one video about World Trade Center 7, the building, right? Yeah. And I just said, what the hell, you know? Like here it is, uh, you know, uh, twelve. Oh 13 no, no, no! Later. If you believe in, if hey, Steve, if you believe in that, you're a conspiracy theorist. And I, I said to someone, I think Grace have heard me say this before: the greatest conspiracy is ignorance. Yeah, I mean the well, the thing is, look, I mean that's a whole other show. But my point is, up until that time, I ha I didn't have the foundation to say this is like I would I would say I would say all you guys are crazy like you know just what's wrong with you why don't you take the the poison dart you know the you know I would I would have bought the narrative 
so until you have that moment where something clicks, you, you, you know, we look like the bad guys. And, and that's sort of the weird thing where you almost can't expect those people to see what we see. Oh, you're muted, Kevin. You're muted. I'm sorry. I agree. Steve, that's a good point. I mean, you know, we all have to be open to changing our thinking process. Sometimes I'm a little harder or some days and less, less hard. But, but I got to tell you, I, I said this this morning to someone. I said, now, you can turn on your TV and watch the most ridiculous thing on earth, right, every day. Just turn it on and you're watching it every day. And it doesn't do anything for you. But you know to turn on that TV every day to look at that bad stuff. But now you want me to, to, to spend all of my time explaining the good stuff to you when, in fact, all you have to do is turn off the TV and go read something that's going to give you the power that you need. So mm. when people tell me I don't know, I said, okay, well, I can, I can accept that. So here's the information. now. I, but guess what? You know what they do? They go right back to the other stuff. They don't want to yeah. know that truth. They it's don't want to know that head, head in the sand time. They don't want to know that truth. So yeah. when people say, well, I didn't know. I said, well, you knew to turn on that TV and watch crazy stuff. You knew how to listen to that music that I don't understand. You knew how to go out and buy a $5,000 pair of shoes, but you don't know anything about how to stay healthy. You don't know anything about the, the criminalization or corruption of our government. You don't know any of that. You don't you know anything about chronic illness in your community, which is already reflected in your house. I mean, guys, I can't. I'm not that guy. You know, there's a lot of people out there to do that. I'm not that one. I'm yeah. just not that guy. I'm just not that guy. You know, it's just, but um it's, I mean it's just frustrating. You know, it's like uh so I, I'm with you. That's why you say let's I'm focused on the people who can see, I'm yep. focused on the people who want to roll. And you know, and high frequency. if you high frequency, you got my attention. Yeah. You low frequency. Well that's funny. Yeah, Kevin, you know it's funny you say that because I went uh in 2015, I went home to take care of my mom who was 85 yeah. at the time, and um she had she had giant cell arteritis, which is an autoimmune disease. And, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm the crazy witch doctor in the family, you know, like, don't let her near the doctor. You know, so long story short, I went home and I'm I'm personally taking care of my mother, you know, bringing her to doctors because she wants to listen to the doctor. But long story short is I, I helped her situation. But I remember going into every every place I went, the TVs and the doctors, right, all blaring the mainstream news. 24 hours a day. And for me, I think my frequency is a little higher. It sounded like toxic. I almost couldn't be in the room. And I would go and shut the TVs off in all the waiting rooms. Or I would ask people to change the channel. And these people were so indoctrinated behind the, you know, the thing where you sign your name and you fill out all these forms. They wanted it on, like you said. Well, I, I, I tell you a story because I have to go in a minute. But let me tell you a story. My mom is 74 years old. And I was coming to visit her and we were talking and I said, mom, can I ask you a question? She says, what? I said, do you watch that all day on that one channel? <laughs> she said, well, yeah. I said, do you know? But I can tell you this because we're family. I said, yeah. mom, you're crazy. <laughs> so we yeah. My mother's a brilliant woman, but I'm like, yeah. mom, do you understand that you're being programmed? So my sister was there saying, Kevin, please don't start reminding me of that. That's but it. you know what happened? About three months later, I went back to her house, you know, because I wasn't paying attention. I had been gone, actually, for a while. And my mother didn't have, have one TV on. You know what she said to me? Oh, those people are sick. <laughs> That's awesome. 
So I'll tell you a real quick story. When I took care of my mother, I was in the house with her, living with her. She was 85. She had four TVs running 24 hours a day. And I would go around changing them to nature shows. And she would walk around saying, did I put that show on? You know? And it just, as soon as she changed the news back, I just go right in and change it to a nature show. And I, I got to tell you, all of us need to do that. Like, I don't watch any of it. I was spending $200 a month on the, the liberal rags of our time because, you know, I'm open to thinking. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a thinker. I like to My read. TV is unplugged. My TV is unplugged. I can't, I can't watch any of it. You were, you, were pay, you were spending $200 for what, 400 channels? So you could watch yeah. three things. No, no, months? I'm talking about just on magazines. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, Steve, I, I get I get all of them. I get the Stanford Review, Innovation oh, okay. Review, the Harvard Review, the yeah. Atlantic, the New Yorker, the New York yeah. Times, the Financial Times. The, I, I got the London Times. I, I read all of that every day. But guess what? I don't read any of it. It's all been captured. All exactly. of it's a lie. That's why Even my friends who say, market, well, I, I, you know, the guys who, who – I try and tell things too. Like, well, I read this in the New York Times or the Washington Post. I'm like, well, you're in bed with Satan, dude. There's nothing yeah. in those institutions that are true for it all. But I want to know one thing before I go. How do those people go home and look at their children, knowing that they're lying to the world every day? I call them teleprompter journalists, you know. They don't have a mind of their own whatsoever. Oh. They're embarrassing. Anybody that would listen to Rachel Maddow, I just crack up laughing every Matt, time I see Rachel her. Madcow. Yeah, and what's the other person's name that I just I just think it's just hilarious? Um, the Rachel Reed girl. Oh my God. Oh God. Every time they're I see all her, actors. I mean, they're all part of the New World Order. You know, there's they're placed yeah. there to do their job. You know, so well, I'm on a, uh, I'm on a clean I'm on a clean show of my I'm, I'm on a clean show. I can't tell you what I really want. To, I keep it to myself. Yeah, I, I love all of you very very much, and um, remember, love wins, and remember that we need to find our God courage. And remember, God is on our side, no matter what institution we represent, no matter what faith we, we, we believe in. Just know that if we stand out for ourselves, we'll win. And that's what God is. That's what God is expecting us to do. But there's something that I want to say to everybody. I was in um, Grand Rapids at the monument and I was speaking there on the 4th of July. I was blessed to speak in Grand Rapids on the 4th of July at Keystone Park. Some of you might have seen the speech. And when I was, got back on the bus to leave um, Grand Rapids, I started thinking about monuments, you know, the Martin Luther King Monument, the Lincoln Monument, you know, um, all of the monuments of our time. Some of them bad, some of them good. You can depend on The question to me that I want to ask everybody is what monuments do you want to be left for us? A monument of fear and defeat or a monument of victory for God, victory for family? victory for our faith, victory for our children. Yeah. I want the monument left for me that I stood up for humanity. I stood up for all of you. I stood up for all of our families. That's the monument. So the question for me is, what monuments do you want left for us? God bless you. Thanks, Kevin. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kevin. See you soon. Jane Pittman. Jane Pittman, I think it was. That yeah, was okay. Okay. Anyway. Thank you very much. And there's this uh, viewer who mentioned the name that you were looking for. Is that the there name? There you go. Were... That's Nadira. That's yeah. right. That's her name. Claudette Cal you gotta you gotta read her. You gotta read her story. Incredible Claudette story. Cloven. Gosh, I can't remember. I can't remember anything anymore anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and she Kevin, did say I that. 
give an inch, they try to take a mile. So find your God courage. And thank you, Nadira. And thank you for everyone. And, you know, Kevin, we love you. And you are my brother. You are my role model. Hugs to you from a distance. Kevin, you are <laughs> well, a man. Well, I'm going to go around. I'm leaving to go. I think I'm leaving to go to Colorado Springs to speak. And we were working on the presentation. And I'm going to give you a little bit of it then and now. Yes. Okay. Then okay. and now. Remember that. Then and now. Then and now. And I love you. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank 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 you.